0: In this episode of The Invisible Vote, I'll be speaking with the Atwells, three generations of African American voters who are passionate about civil engagement and the connection they have in politics. We will dive into voting in today's climate, the importance of being involved in their community, and most importantly, passing down the desire to vote from one generation to the next. Critical conversations will be shared by these three generations whose opinions and views on voting may be similar to yours. So welcome to what we call the invisible vote.
1: Yes, I've seen change. But I've seen change more often when people are really working for it and really making sure that we're electing the officials on local levels just as much as we're going out and voting for the president. The nation's voting population in 2018 was the most racially and ethnically diverse ever for a midterm election. Blacks, Hispanics, and Asians accounted for a record 25% of voters, up from 21.7% in 2014. So why does this diverse voting population feel their voice disappears once officials are elected in office? And how do we continue this upward trend of voter diversity in spite of this? My name is Julie Atwell. I am 57 years old and I am born and raised native New Yorker.
2: My name's Amdeen. I'm 21 years old and I am also a native New Yorker.
3: Edward Atwell, I'm uh, 79 years old. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I spent just about my entire life here.
0: So are you ready to vote in this upcoming election and what motivates you to get ready to vote in this upcoming election? I guess we could start with Arden and then follow up with Julie.
2: I mean I'm always kind of ready to vote. Um I don't know if it's really like a matter of being ready, it's more of a matter of kind of like feeling excited and I'm I'm not dreading it, but I'm just a little concerned about what the outcome is going to be and how long it's going to take for us to really know what the outcome of this election is going to be just because of mail-in voting and everything around the pandemic. So yeah, I've just been trying to like calm myself down a little bit, I guess. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't think it's really a matter of getting ready. It's just a matter of like bracing myself.
1: I've been ready. I've been ready since the day after election day, 2016. I have been ready to vote in this election.
3: Oh yes, I'm I'm very ready. (laughs) We have a president that isn't really capable of being a president, Uh, not in this country. Uh, My my feeling is that he he belongs somewhere. where he can be a dictator because that's that's basically
0: what he is. You have three generations right now on this line talking about voting. Like, what does it mean to you to see you know your family members on here so politically engaged and so politically involved? I, I think that uh, I'm not surprised
3: by it because I, I think my family has always been. Involved politically, you know. Um, as I got older, my sister was very politically active, and uh, she eventually worked for the president of the city council here in New York. And so, uh, and that that was my savior, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Growing up in a family that's always been politically active, there's a part of me that's like, well, of course she knows that, you know, that's part of her civic responsibility. That's part of the control that she has um, in the electoral process that, you know, of course there's a part of me that's just, that kind of takes it in stride or takes it for granted that of course my child is going to want to vote. But on top of that, I think, as a parent, you don't always get to hear your children's thoughts about the things that you just know that you've instilled in them to do. And so to hear Andine talk about it filled me with a lot of pride that she, she has so much thoughtfulness about making these decisions and so much desire to be involved and to be active and that it's not, you know, I'm not making her do it, that this is like These are her values. It makes me feel really proud of her, and you know, maybe a little bit proud of myself for being a part of instilling that in her.
0: Yeah, you you know, give yourself props. (laughs) (laughs) And Andine, like, what are the important issues that you care about when you go on the vote?
2: I mean, I guess just maintaining our democracy is very important to me, and then also making sure that America is a fair and equal place to live for everybody, especially people that have been disrespected in the past. Like Our our country has been basically built on injustice, (laughs) Um, so... It's it's really important to me, and, like, I hope it's important to people in my generation to fight to fix those injustices for those the people that, like, have been mistreated since the beginning of our country. So just, like, I'm for disarming and defunding the police. Like, that's really important to me. I'm for mental health issues and for Black Lives Matter issues. Just so it's important to me that I, like, vote for people that are also support those issues, even if I, I, I'm, I, this election is like really tricky for me. Um, so I know that I have to vote in this election. I'm not extremely excited about it, but it's something that I know I have to do so that I'm hoping in the future that I can be excited to vote again one day for like a candidate that I really am excited about, yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, uh, I think almost every year there's different issues, but uh, this year, you know, the big issue is is the fact that uh, we have a president that isn't capable of in that position. Yeah. I, for the first time that I, in a long time, I'm not as concerned about the Economy is like I should be because there's so many other issues, right? That that take up your time.
1: You know, it's hard because there have been issues that I have have always been really important to me. Certainly, human rights issues have always been important to me, women's rights issues, a a woman's ability to have full control over her body is really important to me. Making sure that black people have rights is really important to me. Immigration rights are important to me. Making sure that people, you know, can come into this country fairly and are not criminalized for for simply wanting to have a better life. Making sure black people aren't criminalized for trying to have a better life. All of all of those things have always been important to me. But at this point, like man, I just want to keep, I just want to have something that looks like democracy. You know what I mean? I just, like, all of those issues are secondary to me now. I just, after election day, I just want to still be able to vote. Like, that's, that's, at that, at this point, I want to just make sure that we don't devolve into some place where, like, you know, we got to go hide in the mountains
0: just to be able to survive, like. Right, right. And so, Have you seen change from now to where Andine's able to vote? Like, do you did you actually see the change happen that you were voting for at that time? You know, because a lot of people say they vote, but they don't see anything happening. And so are you are you one of those people that that feel like you vote and, and your voice isn't necessarily being heard?
1: Um. Change can often, particularly political change, often happens slowly. It happens in small increments. Certainly, life in this country is very different now than it was when I was a child before I could vote, right? Mm. There are rights that people have now that they didn't have when I was born in 1963 over the years things have changed people's votes have changed things absolutely do things change quickly like do you like you know i mean i think when we all voted for president obama i think there were a lot of people who were like woohoo everything's gonna be different now and we're really disappointed to discover that for one the president doesn't have all the power You know, I mean, that's the election that everybody comes out for. But that's not always, you know, the the Congress, the House of Representatives, the Senate, they have a lot more power than the president. They're the one who write the laws. The president just signs the laws. So, you know, there were a lot of people who thought, oh, Obama's president. We did it. We don't have anything left to do. And then they didn't go vote in the next election and then like we lost so much power because of that right and so like voting isn't just something that you do once every four years or that you do every now and then or that you do only because there's a black man running for president like you gotta vote in every single election because that's where the real power is that's where you get the power to like make the laws that's where you get the power to appoint the judges that's you know there's that's where the real power and the real ability to make change lies and so i think people think oh well i voted for president and everything didn't change well no because there's it's work like you've got to work for it so yes i've seen change But I've seen change more often when people are really working for it and really making sure that we're electing the officials on local levels just as much as we're going out and voting for the president.
0: Do you think there are any imperfections in the voting system? And how would you propose to perfect them if Mm -hmm. you could? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, There's so many. Um, definitely the Electoral College is problematic. Um, you know, I would like to see a system in which each vote counts individually when the popular vote can elect someone and somebody else gets the office because of the Electoral College. That's a problem. I think that uh, gerrymandering is, is a problem. The ability of the people in power to control whose vote counts is really, really problematic. It encourages people to do whatever to keep their power, you know. There's no checks and balances for that. I think those are the two big ones that I I would like to see either done away with or altered
3: drastically. You know, there are a lot of things that, that uh, I, I have absolutely no idea how you correct them. Uh, I don't know that people will uh, want to do away with the electoral college. Uh, change is tough for people. It's, you know, it, it seems like that's a no-brainer to me. But
0: ger- gerrymandering, I always, I've always considered that criminal. Right. So, do you think voting is geared to make it more difficult for people who are not white? You know, do you think it's intentional that they make voting difficult for people of color? I well, everything
3: is more difficult for people of color. So, I'm not surprised that that voting is is more difficult. I think particularly well, people of color in general. Don't have the control of the voting boards, and uh, you know how people are chosen in, in uh, the positions. Right. That that's another thing that needs to be changed too. Yeah, I think people need to be more, much more active, you know, in that situation. Yeah. So it's funny. I like. I just
1: went on a rant about this on Facebook, like maybe about 10 minutes before I got on here. When this country was founded, the only people who could vote were rich white men. You had to be a white man and you had to own property in order to vote. So this country was founded with the idea that only rich white men should have control and should have a say in what happened. And over the years, people have fought for the vote and have been given the vote only when it got to a point where it was like, okay, we can't deny these people anymore. Like They're going to riot in the streets until we give them the vote, so we have to give them the vote. But every time they've given somebody else the vote, they've enacted laws or they've come up with other ways to try and mitigate that. Right, to take a little bit of the vote back away from people. So, you know, amendments to the Constitution to make it harder for people to vote. You know, the, the Black Codes, which had, you know, people in the South having to basically, you know, dance upside down on a cloud in order <laughs> to be allowed to vote, you know. Right, um, right. You know, they've just come up with rules to try and prevent people gerrymandering. Right. Um, you know, the electoral college was part of controlling, like making sure that only these people can right. really control the vote. Right. Like, there's so there have been so many rules instituted along the way to try and stay as close as possible to only allowing white men with money to be able to control what happens in this country so yes it's it's harder <laughs> for for black people to vote. Yes, they have gone and closed polling places in black neighborhoods so that black people have to travel further and stand on longer lines to try and discourage black people from voting. Um, You know, there's... Yes, yes, it's right. hard. To, of course, that's what this country is literally founded on—is making it as close to impossible as possible to keep everybody except white men from voting. So, yeah.
0: This next question could be interesting, Julie. You know, there's a lot of black people who feel like this—this this ain't for them. You know this election ain't for them you know every election ain't for them and what are your thoughts on not voting as a form of protest Uh,
1: like people who think that it's not for them like white men in power think it's not for them like if you're not gonna protest that then what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you're literally handing over your power to people who don't want you to have any. The one little bit of power that they gave you, you're handing back to them. And I have no patience and I've... You know, I've had that argument with people so many times, you know, I throw, I'm a little bit of a history buff, so I will throw history at people and, you know, try and explain to them all the ways that black people have fought to get this power, right? Like it Mm. wasn't handed to us. There are black people who put their lives on the line to get this little bit of power. And it's a, you know it is individually, it is a small power, but collectively, it is a huge power. And, you know, increasingly, people of color are the majority in this country, right? And so collectively, our votes are enormous. But if we only look at the individual, and that's a whole, you know, a whole thing too, that we're We we have been indoctrinated in this country to only think of ourselves as individual and not to look at ourselves as a collective. Mm. But our collective vote can literally move mountains, can literally change the shape of the world. And when we don't use it because we're only thinking about ourselves as individuals and, oh, my one little vote doesn't matter. But our collective vote, Black people's vote matters. Black right. and brown people's vote really matters right. in this country. So we need to use it. And right. and I have I have
2: very little patience for people who won't because it's irresponsible. And it's not even like well, for like here's 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 my whole thing. And this if if you're living in a place like New York, where like the vote is like most likely going to go in a certain direction, like you know it's it's not like awful that you're not voting but i do feel like it's disrespectful like at least in like presidential elections like in local elections i think you should vote like no matter what because like it it's your city like you have a responsibility to like have a say in what goes on in your city but like with presidential elections like new york is always going to be democratic unless it's not democratic and like who knows what but most of the time it's probably going to be democratic so my friends that like live here and are refusing to vote because they don't think that it's harm reduction by getting Trump out of office and by electing Biden or whatever. Like, I'm like, okay, you know what? Like that's all you, but you can't instill that idea in places like swing States where their votes like really, really matter places that are more likely to not go out and vote or just like it's just disrespectful like it just pisses me off honestly sorry I don't mean to like get upset but like it just (laughs) makes me really mad when my friends are out there like spreading these ideas around that could be extremely harmful because it's not going to have a direct impact on their lives as they see it it's like if you're not gonna vote like you need to like and like just go live in the woods and like not have a say in anything that goes on because you decided to throw that away when you decided not to vote like it's just not
3: right
0: edward you've been voting longer than everyone here and you know i would love to know what you would say to people who take the vote for granted and I would love it, you know, if possible, telling us what the vote means to you. I I don't I don't know how
3: people can take voting for granted. You know, it started with women fighting for the vote. You know, that uh, that that came first. And once women got the vote, because I I don't think anyone in the world thought that you know women would ever be given the the right to vote, you know, black people had to fight for that, right. And it's, uh, you know, to then turn around and not use it. You know, it's a it's a it's a shame, you know, but I think it's a bigger shame when you have the right to vote and people keep you from voting by, you know, gerrymandering or changing places that you can vote or giving you access to. I think uh, the whole thing with the post office this year is, you know, it's a shame that we've had a post office that was functional for so many years, and now all of a sudden we're we're saying that, you know, oh, no, it it can't work.
0: Right. You know, it's always working. Right. You know, yeah. You know, that's such a an interesting issue because it's to me I think it goes to the accountability question because we have so many politicians who represent us who aren't saying much. You know, how do we keep our politicians accountable and it almost seems like the only way to do that is sending sending mean tweets on Dean like can we go beyond mean tweets? Like why aren't they being voted out? What's going on? Yeah, I mean it's
2: just like showing a The only way to like hold people accountable really is to just like show them that you are paying attention and if they do something wrong, you're not going to be silent about it because they're relying on you not doing anything or just like staying behind your computer or like just not doing anything or just like not even realizing that it's happening. Like, so it's just paying attention, being aware of what's happening in your country And if something goes wrong, just like not letting it slide by, like going out, like protesting if you need to. I mean like respectfully because we are in a pandemic at the moment. Um, But before then, like go out, protest, like have conversations with like the people around you so that you can make other people aware of like what's happening.
0: Um, Right. Because
2: that's really important too.
0: Julie is 2020 a pivotal election year in our life or are we prisoners of the moment um yes
1: it's it's absolutely a a pivotal election year first of all it's there's never been an election year anything like this and and i think i mean we've never had an election year in a pandemic we've never had an election year with a, a lunatic in the White House who's just wreaking havoc with, um, you know, what people think and the stability of the nation and the health of human beings and, you know, just everything. So all of that makes it, it pivotal. Um, yeah, we're also, and we're also prisoners of the moment. I mean, you know, we're, we are literally trapped in, in the middle of this pandemic and, um, and the outcome of that, what you know how we get through this pandemic which is certainly not over no matter how fatigued we are by it but how we as a as a country and maybe even as a world survive this pandemic and get through it will pivot on this election how many more people die will pivot on this election there's so many things you know there are still it it just astounds me sometimes because i think the the pandemic has made us kind of forget about it. There are still children in cages at the border, right? Mm. In the middle of a pandemic. What happens to those children pivots on this election. The climate of this planet pivots on this election. Mm. Um, There's so many things that, you know, are going to be determined
0: by who gets sworn into the White House in January. Right and on dean you know how do we get young people excited you know to to vote how do we get them as active how do we get them out of the house off the off the gram you know into the booth like what what are some ways you feel like we can get that to happen
2: um i mean i think that there are a lot of young people that are very politically active and very politically engaged and like Me being one of them, my friends and, like, people I went to school with, even, like, in high school, like, it was really a big deal to, like, register to vote. Like, my school, like, took kids out of class, like, during the school day to get them to register to vote. So I feel like, in a lot of ways, like, the kids in my generation are extremely politically active, but I don't know if that's the case for the rest of the country, and I think it's just about showing people like the impact that politics has on their lives and getting them to understand that. And I think that's just like, by like teaching it in schools or just like having conversations with like, just making like politics like cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that it's not cool, but it's like, it's important. And like, I think people need to realize like how important it is because I just feel like they don't they don't see the direct impact that it has on their lives necessarily. So they don't see the value in participating in it. But once they like, once they can see how it applies to their lives, then they'll feel like going out and doing something and changing like the world they live in.
0: And then Edward, um, and this is a question that can go to everyone. But what, what is the feeling that you get when you leave the ballot box after voting? I, I feel like I've done
3: my job. Uh, I've, I've voted in every election that I've been eligible to vote. You know, uh, I, I don't really understand not voting. It, you know, you're, you're giving up something that A lot of people in this world don't have.
2: Yeah, it's it's a good feeling to know that I'm able to vote and that that right is something that I have not had to fight for in my lifetime, like directly to get that power. Like it's it's a really awesome feeling to know that people that looked like me and that lived in the same places that I did and like in this city like actively fought to make it so that my life would be easier and that I was able to do this thing without even like really having to think about it and that I didn't I've, I've never had to really think until this point about that power being stripped away from me at some point so yeah it's a good feeling you know I mean a little bit most of the time and sometimes it might I don't know I, it's very conflicting this election's got me all <laughs> funky but you know.
0: Yeah, I understand. And Julie, you got to close us out. You got to, you got to take us home. What's the feeling that you get when you leave the ballot box after voting?
1: So I got, I got to say, like, I get really giddy about going to vote. Like it, it, it probably sounds a little geeky, but like, I can remember being really excited about being old enough to vote and being really excited to go into the voting booth and flick the little levers and pull the big lever and Uh do all of that. Like that just, I don't know. It just was always really exciting to me as a little kid. And then being able, you know, being old enough to do it. And now, you know, now of course I go and I, you know, just fill in some things on a piece of paper and they slide (laughs) it into a little machine. So it's not the, it's not that same tactile feeling of voting, but like, I get I get a I get like a little butterfly in my stomach before I walk into the polling place and once I come out like right. I feel elated like I'm I admittedly like every single time now I take a picture of my little sticker and I post it <laughs> on social media because like I know everybody's doing that and I know right. it's kind of corny and everything but it's like I'm excited because I did that, right? right? I did that thing. I am there's a what is the saying? You are everything your ancestors dreamed of, right? right. Like they and and like that's how I feel when I vote. Like I have ancestors who dreamed of being able to do this thing that I can just, and I'm lucky, like my polling place, there's never, there's never lines. I just walk right in the door, (laughs) vote and walk right back out again. Right. Like people really fought for this. People dreamed of it. People like planned and plotted and, you know, like just did so much to be able to have this and, like i feel i literally feel that every time i vote it is i don't know i get i get all choked up and giddy about it so yeah voting is voting it's fun
0: make sure to check out abf creatives newest podcast the invisible vote subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts want more information on the invisible vote or even how you can participate in the podcast, head over to invisiblevote.com and make sure that you vote on November 3rd.